Good morning, everyone. Welcome. I'm glad to see you here today, and as I look around, I'm glad to see anybody here today. Uh, the weather outside is frightful. Uh, it's a little iffy, but I am glad that you uh, weathered the, uh, the storm out there and have come to join us today and to worship the Lord together, and, uh, and we welcome you. You're uh, uh, you're very special to us. We want to welcome our guests, especially today. Uh, you are very uh, welcome here and special to us. And we hope that uh, God will bless you in a very special way today. And, and we hope that you'll feel very much a part of our family as we worship God together. Uh, a few announcements I'd like to call to your attention. Uh, first of all, let me remind everyone of the attendance sheets on each row. We'd like to ask if you would to take that and... <laughs> fill it out and pass it down the aisle so that others will have, have an opportunity to fill it out as well. We would appreciate uh, having a record of your attendance with us this morning. Also, uh, Wednesday, we're having our blood drive, and uh, how are things shaping up there, Jika? Looking good? Okay, but we can always use some more blood, so see, and we like walk-ins. You can either see Jika for a, an appointment or show up anytime between 2 and 6, right? 2 and 6 on Wednesday. And, um, and uh, we'll be sure to take your blood. Um, also, on Tuesday, uh, who can tell me what Tuesday is? Uh, Fat Tuesday? Fat Tuesday, it's Shrove Tuesday, it's Mardi Gras, and Pancake Day. Pancake Day. At St. Paul's Church, St. Paul's Episcopal Church, they have invited us to join them for, for pancakes on uh, Shrove Tuesday. And Shrove Tuesday, I don't know if you know the tradition of this. Of course, it's Fat Tuesday. It's the day before Ash Wednesday, which begins the season of Lent, a season of fasting. And so the idea is that on Tuesday night before, you use up all your butter and fat and sugar and stuff in the house so you won't be tempted throughout Lent. So... Uh, so that's why you make pancakes on Shrove Tuesday. So they have invited us to, uh, to come and eat pancakes with them on, uh, on Tuesday between 5 and 7. So if you'd like to uh, participate in that, you're invited to do that. Also, um, our children will have a Valentine's pizza party uh, this evening at 5 o'clock, weather pending. We don't know what's going, going to happen this afternoon. Uh, we'll keep a close eye on the weather, but... If it looks okay, we will go ahead and proceed with that. Our deacons are going to meet at 5 today as well, weather pending, and uh, we'll see what happens there. Um, uh, so we'll just keep a good eye on that. Also, um, we, as we announced last week, we have been um, promoting the You've Got Time to Listen program. Uh, and last week, we passed out some um, MP3s, and it, everyone can take one. 
our, our members, our visitors, everybody can take one. There are some on the table as you leave, uh, leave going out this door, and you can pick one up on your way out. Um, unfortunately, we are out of the children's CD or, or MP3s right now. We have some ordered. I was hoping they would be in by today, uh, but they didn't get here. So we will have some uh, hopefully tomorrow or Tuesday, uh, but we'll have some available very soon. But if you did not get your MP3 uh, disc last week, be sure to stop by the table here on your way out and, um, and pick up your MP3. This is an MP3 of the entire New Testament. And what we are trying to commit to do is to listen to the entire New Testament throughout the season of Lent, beginning on Wednesday. And if we do this every day of Lent, except for Sundays, uh, by the end of, by Easter time, we will have heard the entire New Testament. It just takes about 28 minutes a day. And so I think we can all do that. And, uh, and if, you, if you don't want to do it at home, we invite you to come here. We're going to open up our building here at 7 o'clock in the morning, 12 o'clock noon, and at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. And you can come. You can walk around the track if you like. You can just sit here and listen if you like. But we're going to be playing the New Testament at those three times every day uh, during the weekdays uh, here at Community Baptist. And we invite you to come. One more thing, something very important. We've got a, a new addition to our, uh, our family of faith. <laughs> Gray Eliza? Is that right? Gray Eliza Hopgood. That's uh, Evan's daughter and, uh, and Chris and Lana's granddaughter, and, right. and perhaps more importantly, Jesse's niece. <laughs> and she is an absolute doll, and we congratulate you all. We congratulate you all. Blessings on you all. We're glad you're here today, and um, I'm sorry? Rural King. Rural King. Uh, tell, tell us about that. You, you know more. I saw in the paper today that Rural King starting, I guess, today, if you buy anything at Rural King uh, for this week, uh, bring receipt to the church, and it said they will give 5% of the purchases as a donation to our church. So if anybody knows, especially if you're going to buy a tractor or something, <laughs> something, <clears throat> something big, large, then uh, we saw that and we thought, well, that's, that's a nice, nice way to in some monies. So. Yeah, we're, we're uh, so, so go and shop at Rural King this week and bring your receipts here, and we're going to pay off the debt on the church this week. <laughs> All right, go buy lots of tractors, okay? <laughs> All right, thank you. Appreciate that, Mark. Uh, let's spend a moment greeting each other in the name of the Lord. I lift your name on high And I love to sing your praises I'm so glad you're in my life I'm so glad you came to save us You came from heaven to earth To show the way 
I seat you, but we're going to have a little interaction this time. We're going to do if you're happy and you know it. <laughs> Y'all remember this? down children Okay. It's a rule that's gold. Perfect answer. And it's not who, who, he who has the gold rules. It's not that one. It's do unto others as you would have them do unto you, isn't it? Isn't that the golden rule? Okay. Would Jesus, everybody thinks it comes from the Bible, but it really doesn't. But Jesus said something really close to it because he said the second greatest commandment was love your neighbor as yourself. And somebody said, well, who's my neighbor? And then he launched in to the parable of the Good Samaritan. So we're going to talk about the golden rule and the second greatest commandment, Jesus says. 
And I'm going to use another name that starts with a J called Jasmine. Because Jasmine did what Jesus said. And that's a picture of Jasmine. You all knew this was going to be about a dog, didn't you? You just knew it was going to be about a dog. Well, that's the picture of Jasmine. Jasmine was found abandoned, locked in a shed, starving. And the police took Jasmine to a shelter. And she'd been so abused that the shelter had to work for weeks to regain her trust and to bring her back to health. Well, once she got back up to health, the shelter said, well, we're going to have to find a foster home for Jasmine because we've got other animals coming in. Well, Jasmine decided, no, she was not going to go to a foster home. She decided that what she was going to do would be the official greeter for the shelter, for all the other animals coming in. And lo and behold, up there is the next picture is one of the first animals that she greeted. She greeted a little fox. You know, all the, all the animals would come in and they'd be as scared as Jasmine was, and Jasmine would sit there and greet the animals. And she, okay, go ahead, well, yeah. Do what? It looks like a werewolf? No. Well, it does have weird eyes, doesn't it? But that's, I've never been that close to a fox, to be honest with you. If a fox gets that close to me, I'll run and go the other way. I've never seen the eyes like that. But anyway, what Jasmine would do is they'd bring these animals in, and she would lick them, she would take care of them, and she would comfort them, and all of a sudden they would just be relaxed. Now, this dog who had been abused refused to abuse other people and other animals. Well, the list of the animals that Jasmine has been, a, has been a benefactor to includes guinea pigs. She even lets birds light on her nose. She's cared for five fox cubs, four badger cubs, 15 chickens, eight guinea pigs, two stray puppies, 15 rabbits, and there is the rabbit right there that she took care of. And she even took care of one little dove fawn. They saw the fawn in a field and they brought the fawn in and Jasmine immediately decided she would befriend that fawn. Now then ultimately they're going to repatriate that fawn or put that fawn back in the wild. But until that time, Jasmine and the fawn are inseparable. The fawn walks between her legs like you see there. in that need. Now then, Jasmine, when the fawn returns back to the field, don't worry, Jasmine won't be lonely because she'll befriend other animals. And here's a picture of some of the animals that she's befriended. All on one big couch. Has anybody ever been mean to you? They have, okay. They have been, yeah, they have been. And what did you want to do when they pushed you? You wanted to push them back, didn't you? You did. Or when they said nasty things to you, you wanted to say nasty things to them. But the golden rule says you're not supposed to do that. And Jesus' second greatest commandment said, we're to love everybody. We're to love everybody just like God loves us. So the next time somebody does something nasty to you, 
Remember not only what Jesus would do, but what Jasmine did when people were nasty to her. Rather than being nasty back, she befriended other animals. And that's what we're supposed to do. Don't be nasty back. Show God's love to everybody. And especially on Valentine's Day. Thank you all. You all been great. Go back to your seats now. sing hymn number 430 first and fourth verse Our scripture reading for today, we have uh, two readings, one from Exodus 34 and the other from Luke 9. Uh, before we read our scriptures, though, we would like to uh, uh, welcome Jason Phillips uh, to our congregation today. He will be leading us in music a little later on, and we're grateful that you are here and thankful and looking forward to your ministry in music. Uh, also, we will be seeing a video in a few moments uh, like we did last week about the um, You've Got the Time to Listen program and, and specifically about the mission of uh, an organization called Faith Comes by Hearing. And this is the organization that develops those uh, proclaimers that uh, take the scripture and uh, translate them into an oral form and they can take those all over the world in different languages so people who may not be able to read the scripture can hear them in their own own uh, own voices and their own languages and we will take up another offering today this will be the last one today uh, for the organization faith comes by hearing so after the worship service there'll be a couple of people standing at the door to take up a love offering for that so let's read our scripture from exodus 34 Moses came down from, Sinai, from Mount Sinai. As he came down from the mountain with the two tablets of the covenant in his hand, Moses did not know that the skin of his face shone because he had been talking with God. When Aaron and all the Israelites saw Moses, the skin of his face was shining, and they were afraid to come near him. But Moses called to them, 
And Aaron and all the leaders of the congregation returned to him, and Moses spoke with them. Afterwards, all the Israelites came near, and he gave them in commandment all that the Lord had spoken with him on Mount Sinai. When Moses had finished speaking with them, he put a veil on his face. But whenever Moses went in before the Lord to speak to him, he would take the veil off until he came out. And when he came out and told the Israelites what had been commanded, the Israelites would see the face of Moses, that the skin of his face was shining. And Moses would put the veil on his face again until he went in to speak with him. And now from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 9, verses 28 through 36. Now about eight days after these sayings, Jesus took with him Peter and John and James and went up to the mountain to pray. And while he was praying, the appearance of his face changed. His clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly they saw two men, Moses and Elijah, talking to him. They appeared in glory and were speaking of his departure, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. Now Peter and his companions were weighed down with sleep, but since they had stayed awake, they saw his glory and the two men who stood with him. Just as they were leaving him, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah, not knowing what he said. While he was saying this, a cloud came and overshadowed them, and they were terrified as they entered the cloud. And then from the cloud came a voice that said, This is my son, my chosen. Listen to him. When the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone, and they kept silent in those days, told no one of any of these things that they had seen. This is the word of God for you and for me. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord God, you have shown us your glory and your power through the good news of your Son, Jesus Christ. We pray that we may see Christ again today in our worship. We desire pure hearts so that we might see you. We desire sincere love so that we might trust you. We desire sincere joy so that we might praise you. How very much we need you, O God, in this time of worship. And so we pray that you would come to us and allow us to to bask in the glory of your presence. And in that basking, May we be transformed and radiate the love and the joy of knowing you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. down and all my soul so weary when troubles come and my heart burden be then I am still and wait here 
in the silence until you come and sit a while with me. You raise me up so I can stand on mountains. You raise me up to walk on stormy seas. I am strong when I am on your shoulders. Raise me up to more than I can be. There is no life, no life without this hunger. Each restless heart beats so imperfectly. But when you come and I am filled with wonder, sometimes I think I glimpse eternity. You raise me up so I can stand on mountains. You raise me up to walk on stormy seas. I am strong when I am on your shoulders. You raise me up to more than I can be. You raise me up so I can stand on mountains. You raise me up to walk on stormy seas. I am strong when I am on your shoulders. Raise me up to more than I can be. You raise me up to more than I can be. I am so excited that your church has decided to join us in doing the You've Got the Time project and listening through the New Testament. 
You know, 65% of us Christians in the United States have never read the whole of the New Testament. We believe as you listen through the New Testament, it's going to change you and your church. Now, I want you to go with me and watch what happens when other people hear the Word of God around the world in their own native language. What if faith comes by hearing around the world? Faith Comes by Hearing is reaching hundreds of thousands of people across the continent of Africa. God's Word brings comfort, peace, and joy in all circumstances. And when it is presented in the heart language and in a format that is easy to understand, those who hear will make a deep connection with it. Faith Comes by Hearing continues to bring the Bible to people of oral cultures who cannot read. Faith Comes by Hearing has listening programs in Bangladesh, Nepal, Sri Lanka, and there are plans underway to launch listening programs in the Mandarin language in China. And in India, Faith Comes by Hearing programs are having a profound effect on the Telugu people. Nearly 80 million people speak Telugu, and Faith Comes by Hearing has started 8,352 Telugu listening groups, reaching more than 750,000 people with God's Word in audio. In Latin America, God's Word is spreading like wildfire. The Quechua Ayacucho language group of Peru was the first to receive the Proclaimer, our new audio playback unit that requires no electricity or expensive batteries to run. I was brought to the listening group in a wheelbarrow because I was very sick. When I listened to the Word of God through the Proclaimer, I searched for God with more faith. Then I reconciled with God and He healed me. Imagine having heard all of your life that God only spoke the language of your oppressors. That if you attended church, you could only worship in a foreign tongue, one that you were not intimately familiar with. Imagine thinking that God could not understand your prayers because He did not speak your language. Now imagine discovering that the Creator of the universe had not forgotten you or your people as you hear for the first time Jesus, our King of Kings, speak your language. Around the world, faith does come by hearing. We'd like to invite your church to join us in this life-changing work. We've got hundreds and hundreds of languages that Wycliffe and Bible societies have finished the translations of and are waiting for the New Testament to be recorded. Now, it takes $25,596 to record the whole New Testament, or $948 per book. We'd like to challenge your church to take on a whole language, or as many books of the Bible as you can. Now, once the New Testament has been recorded, it's going to be put on what we call a proclaimer. This is a digital unit that plays the whole New Testament. It's recharged using solar. If there's no sun, then you use a hand crank and it charges the batteries, or it can be plugged into the wall AC. Over 300 people can hear this in a village or church. 
Now, we want to thank you for listening to the Bible yourself, and we think by joining us, we can reach all nations with God's Word. CBF field personnel work among the most marginalized and least evangelized people in the world. Our partnership with Faith Comes by Hearing will help your field personnel provide the scriptures in the heart language of the people groups among whom they work. By giving to this special offering, you're helping us record the Bible in new languages. Thank you for listening to Scripture yourselves and for joining us as we seek to reach the most neglected with the life-changing Word of God. Sing hymn number 441. First and third verses. Since Jesus came into my heart. most wonderful and gracious Heavenly Father, we praise your holy name for letting us come here this morning and worship you. Thank you, Lord, for the beautiful snow and the safety that we had in getting here this morning and be with those that were not able to get out this morning because of the weather and keep us safe this week. And Lord, constantly remind us that the smile that you give us is something that we can use to the, the least thing that we can use and give to someone else. Help us to smile because you're in our hearts and be with these tithes and offerings as they're given to you this morning that we might use them in our church and in our community and in our world to lift you up and to give you all the praise and the glory that you so awesomely deserve. In your holy and precious name we do pray, amen. amen.
Precious Lord, take my hand and lead me on and help me stand. I am tired and I am weak and I am worn through the storm, through the night, hold my hand into that light. Take my hand, precious Lord, lead me home. When my way grows drear, precious Lord, linger when my life is almost gone, hear my cry, hear my call, hold my hands lest I fall. And take my hand, precious Lord, lead me home. Precious Lord, take my hand and lead me on and let me stand. I am tired, I am weak, and I am worn. Through the storm, through the night, lead me on to that light. Take my hand, and precious Lord, lead me home. Take my hand, precious Lord, lead me Thank you, Jason. You have a wonderful talent, and we are grateful that you are sharing that with us today. Welcome to worship on this Valentine's Day, 2010. And by the way, husbands, that is a reminder to you, just in case you forgot. Uh, you know, according to one source, it's easy to tell when you forgot Valentine's Day. 
Here are some dead giveaways. Uh, the kids tell you that mom went to bed early and locked the door while you were taking the garbage out to the street. Dead giveaway that you forgot Valentine's Day. Another clue is that Hallmark called offering a discount on apology cards. If that happens to you, then you probably forgot Valentine's Day. And finally, if you wake up with a florist ad stapled to your forehead, then you probably forgot Valentine's Day. Just a friendly warning to you guys. Uh, today is uh, Valentine's Day, and so if you haven't... Uh, if you haven't done something already, then you better get out there this afternoon and take care of that. I also need to say something to any single guys in the uh, congregation today. According to another authority, there are some things that you should definitely not say on your Valentine's date this evening. Things like, I, I really don't like this restaurant very much, but I wanted to use this two-for-one coupon before it expired. Not good, not good. Here's another one. I never said that you need a nose job. I just said that it wouldn't hurt to consider it. Bad move. Or, or finally, it, it's been tough, but I've come to accept the fact that most people I date just won't be as smart as I am. Ooh, just a friendly warning. Oh, just watch what you say on your Valentine's date this evening. Uh, now, of course, we're not here to, to celebrate Valentine's Day today, even though romantic love is one of God's most profound gifts to us. But we're here to celebrate something that's even more profound than that. We're here to celebrate the love that God has for each of us. Each of us. Yet still, Valentine's Day can remind us of some very important truths about our faith. For example, let's think for a moment about the face of someone who is in love. The fact is that people who are in love want to put on their best face. Isn't that true? People who are in love want to put on their best face. Quite naturally, people who are in love want to be seen as attractive. Now, many singles today are going on uh, to online dating services uh, to connect with prospective matches. But let me ask you something. Do you think that the people who use these online dating services go there to advertise their flaws? No, of course not. Of course not. They're putting their best foot forward. And in fact, a study was done recently of 30,000 users of one mainstream dating site. And here's what they discovered. That they discovered that according to what people say on their profiles, the people who use internet dating sites are taller, richer, skinnier, and better looking than the average man or woman out there. For example, 4% of all online daters claim to earn more than $200,000 a year. Wow! That compares with fewer than 1% of the typical internet user who actually earn that, that much money. 28% of the women on the site said that they are blonde which is a number far beyond the natural, uh, national average. 
A full 70% of the women and 67% of the men rank themselves of having above average looks. 70% of the women and 67% of the men claim to have above average looks. Now, I'll remind you that average is 50%. Of course, everybody's above average, aren't they? It's, a little, it's enough to make you a little bit suspicious. But it appears that people have gotten wise to this personal data being presented on the websites. For you see, according to this study, they found that the number one way that you can fail at online dating is to omit your picture on the posting. In other words, describing yourself as attractive does not carry nearly the weight as an actual photograph of yourself. In fact, the study shows that a low-income, poorly educated, unhappily employed, not very attractive, slightly overweight, and balding man, man who actually posts his picture stands a better chance of getting a positive response than a man who says he makes $200,000 and is deadly handsome but does not post a photograph. I guess you can file this under the category of you can fool some of the people some of the time. But the point is that the people who are looking for a mate want to put on their best face. And there's nothing in the world that's more natural than that. But here's something that we, we all need to see. No matter how beautiful you may be, your face reveals what's in your heart. No matter how beautiful you may be, your face reveals what's in your heart and this is true for all of us now, I know that that some people have what is known as a poker face in other words it's a face that's hard to read for example it's said that uh, that no one could read President Franklin Delano Roosevelt's face which is a, a good asset to have when negotiating a treaty with another country but experience tells us that over time what's in your heart is going to come out onto your face. In fact, there are a couple of TV shows out there right now that are based precisely on this premise. One is The Mentalist, and this is a show in which a man is a consultant with the California Bureau of Investigation, and his main contribution is to observe the face and the body language of the people that they investigate. Another is a show called Lie to Me. This is about a company, and the company is made up of people who are experts in the field of reading people's faces to determine whether they are telling the truth or not. And, and this, this company is hired for anything from, from watching an interrogation after a crime to vetting a, a potential candidate for uh, the Supreme Court to determine if there are any skeletons in the closet. And all this is done by studying the face. Annette Simmons wrote, in a book about story, uh, wrote a book about storytelling a while back. And in it, she deals not only with the content of the stories, but also how to tell these stories. And a large part of storytelling, says Ms. Simmons, is body language. And this leads her to say some very interesting things about the face. 
She notes that a baby can perceive emotional content like anger and fear and love from facial expressions long before he or she can understand actual words. I mean, you can't fool a baby. You really can't. Uh, you can tell a baby while you are feeding her that you love strained liver, but your face is going to give you away. Your face, says Mrs. Simmons, is a communication tool that transcends language and cultural barriers. You can, uh, you can communicate emotional content in a split second without even saying a word. But every powerful tool has a, has a good news, bad news aspect to it. And the bad news with facial expressions is that even if, you, even if you have an emotion that you want to keep hidden, it's going to come out. For example, you don't want somebody to know that you're angry. Well, anger is impossible to hide. If you feel it, it's going to register in your face. If you're anxious about something and you're trying to keep that stiff upper lip, some people are going to know it. They're going to see it in your face. If you're despondent or frustrated or hopeless, and yet you're trying to inspire other, others uh, to enthusiasm, no matter how great your story may be, that hopelessness is going to show up. Actors and actresses, they don't study the anatomy of the face, the anatomy of which muscles paint joy on their faces. Instead, they study how to conjure up joy in their minds because they know that when they feel joy in their hearts, then joy will be expressed on their faces. So in other words, you cannot fool your face. You may be under some circumstances, you may be able to hide your emotions for a little while, but sooner or later, what is in your heart is going to come out onto your face. Now you may be wondering, what's your point? Well, let's look back at the scripture that we read today. In our lesson from the Old Testament, Moses had been up on Mount Sinai. And by the way, the, the name Sinai comes from a root word meaning to shine. And so Moses had been in the presence of God. God had given him the Ten Commandments. And then the writer of Exodus tells us that when Moses came down from the mountain with the two tablets in his hands, he was not aware that his face was radiant because he had spoken with the Lord. His face was shining because he had been in the presence of God. How radiant was it? Well, the writer tells us that his face glowed so much that when his brother Aaron and all the rest of the Israel, Israelites saw Moses, they were afraid to come near him. The image I get there as I read that passage is that they were running away from him and he had to call to them to come back. But then he had to put a veil over his face before he approached the people. So you see, you can't 
fooled your face. And especially if you've been in the presence of God, it's going to show. If you've been in the presence of God, it's going to show on your face. Besides uh, being Valentine's Day today, it is also the day when we celebrate Christ's transfiguration. In our, in our lesson from the New Testament, Jesus is up on the mountain with Peter and James and John. And as Jesus is praying, Luke tells us that the appearance of his face changes. But not only his face, his clothes become bright as a flash of lightning. And then two men, Moses and Elijah, appear with him in glorious splendor, it says, talking with Jesus. And Luke tells us that Peter and James and John were very sleepy, but when they became fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men standing with him. My friends, Jesus not only had a glowing face, but up on that mountain of transfiguration, his whole being radiated the glory of God. Jesus lived continually in the presence of God, and it showed. And of course, you and I, we, we can't be like Jesus. We're, he was a unique person, and he had a unique relationship with God. But you know something we can... We can approach that. And we can certainly be like Moses, or at, at least try to. We can spend so much time in the presence of God that, that our face will literally glow with the light of God, can't we? Have you ever known anybody like that? I have. Have you ever known anybody that, whose face literally glowed because of their relationship with God? I've, I've seen it so many times before. Uh, Walter Larimore, a, a medical doctor, wrote a book called Ten Essentials of Highly Healthy People. And in that book, he tells about one of his patients named Fran. Fran was a, a decade-long inspiration to Dr. Larimore before she died at the age of 92. Fran attended church regularly and, and volunteered to help others in her community whenever she could. And she did this for over 75 years. She was a woman of deep personal faith. She rarely visited Dr. Laramore's office more than once or twice a year. But when she did, she always made some reference to her love for God and for her commitment to her spiritual journey. During their last visit... Fran said to Dr. Larimore, she said, I know I'm not going to live forever, but who would want to? She said, I feel pretty good right now, but I'll be jumping for joy when I meet my maker face to face. And then Larimore adds these words about this 92-year-old woman. He said her face literally glowed. You know, there's nothing more beautiful than a person whose face glows with their love for God. And, and you know what Fran's last words were to Dr. Laramore? She said, for twice as long as you've been alive, I've been enjoying God's companionship and thanking him for his faithfulness and helping me to be who I think he wants me to be. 
She said, I talk to God all the time. And I'm here to tell you, he listens. It's been a good life, walking hand in hand with God and with other folks who know the Lord like I do. Dr. Larimore goes on to link that personal and meaningful relationship with God to being emotionally and physically healthy. We sometimes say that a person has a healthy glow about them. And, and when we're young, that might be primarily a physical thing. But, but let me suggest to you that as we get older, that same glow, that same healthy glow we see in people is probably more of a spiritual thing. Because my friends, if you live in the presence of God, it's going to show. And here's one more thing. Living in the presence of God doesn't just affect how others see you. It's going to do that, but that's not all. I think it also is going to affect how you see them. Living in the presence of God affects how other people see you because it's going to show in your face. But it also is going to affect how you see them and the whole world. You know, it's interesting that, that Jesus, the man who continually lived in the presence of God, was also the most accepting and the most loving man who ever lived. And I believe that this is true because he was reflecting the character of his God in heaven. God sees the best in us and, and that enables us also to see the best in others. James Lee Burke wrote a book called White Doves at Morning. It was set in Civil War days and there was a character in the book named Willie Burke. Willie was a white Southerner who was deeply opposed to the institution of slavery. And there was a scene in the book where Willie brings a book to an African-American slave named Flower. Uh, he had been trying to teach Flower how to read and to write. And, and then Flower shares with him a portion of a journal that she's been keeping. And, and as she reads this, he tells her that she is a poet. Well, Flower didn't understand this. And, and seeing Flower's puzzled expression on her face, Willie explains that a poet is a person who sees radiance when other people only see objects. Joel Klein commented on these words and said, that seems to me to be an apt description for a person of faith as well. Those who see the radiance, the glory of God in the ordinary things of life, while others only see random and unrelated objects. In the beauty of creation, in the gift of one another, in the promise of a new day, in the challenge of a new opportunity, persons of faith are able to see the radiance and the wonder of God. And you know that's true, isn't it? 
I've noticed that about many of the saints that I've, I've known throughout the years. Not only can you see the radiance of God in their, own, in their faces, but, but they, they seem to see the radiance of God in everyone else's faces as well. And they, even also in the, the challenges that they meet. Sometimes they may seem naive and childlike, and sometimes people may take advantage of them. But you know something? They leave this world a better place because they've been here. They've been in the presence of God. And that experience transforms not only their lives, but also their faces. All right, I'm looking for smiles out there. Let me ask you something. You understand what I'm talking about here? People who live in the presence of God. Do you understand when I say that what is in your heart? You can't keep it there. It's going to leak out onto your face. Do you radiate the glory of God because of your loving relationship with the Lord? And does that cause you to look for the good in other people as well? Do you understand all of that? Hmm. You know what? I think you do. You know how I can tell? Because I can see it on your faces. We have been in the presence of God. We live our entire lives in the presence of God, whether we choose to recognize it or not. But the thing that makes us truly joyful in our Christianity and to have such an impact on the world is to recognize that we are in the presence of God and live our lives that way because when that happens it's going to show in the face. If you're happy and you know it then your face will surely show it. And that's the truth of God. Amen. We're going to sing a hymn of response, number 307. There may be someone here today who needs to make a commitment to Jesus Christ to accept the love of God that I've been talking about today. Maybe you've never experienced that joy and that presence of Christ in your life. And and, and I, I hope that you won't leave here without taking that step of faith. And that's all it takes is a step of faith. Jesus is not going to turn anybody away. He doesn't do that. But it takes a step of faith in accepting the love that Christ has for us. And making the commitment to live our lives in the awareness of God's presence in all that we do. I hope you'll make that commitment today. Perhaps you're looking for a church home to be a part of. We invite you to come and unite with our church as we 
as we seek to be the kingdom of God and as we seek to live that life in the presence of Christ. Maybe you just need to come and to have a moment of prayer. We invite you to come as we sing number 307, Just As I Am. Would you come? Don't forget that if you did not receive an MP3 disc last week, there are some on the table here as you leave, and please pick one up. We will have some more uh, kids' versions uh, next week, I'm sure. And we will also have a couple of people standing at the doors for love offering for uh, the uh, uh, Faith Comes by Hearing ministry that uh, we saw the video about earlier. Let us bow for our benediction. May the love and grace of Christ be so real to each of you that those who meet you this coming week may know the real and living Christ. May you be so filled with the presence of God that your face will radiate the joy of God's love. And may you enjoy the blessings of God's Spirit. And may you be a blessing to others. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.